Chapter 3 Secrets Once their partners secured the cellars, Ava and Franz climbed from one darkened room into another. The air was damp with a hint of mildew, and dozens of unmarked barrels lined the walls. Guess the boys in black don't have a problem getting gifts, Ava remarked tartly. They also don't have a hard time shooting rats, Shifty Eyes hissed. Keep your voice down, and talk only when you need to recruit. The hooded man hauled the debris their contact had moved to allow them passage from the tunnels below, back across the hall with a grunt. This way, Shifty Eyes said, pulling a pistol to the ready. Attached to the end was a pronged knife meant for close quarters combat. His kiatsu is quite good, Franz whispered to Ava referring to the unique martial arts centered around the bayonet. Too bad his manners don't match. Manners and freedom fighters don't often match, Ava said. Shh! Both of the other shields shushed. The four moved methodically through the headquarters, following their map to the letter. They traveled along the old slave routes, hidden corridors built to allow Irdens to move about unseen. They passed portrait after portrait of grim-looking men dressed in the high-colored jackets and white insignia dress uniforms of the blackcoats. It felt as if their eyes followed them along the marbled hallways, scorning them for even attempting such blasphemy. Ahead, shifty eyes motioned the coast was clear. Before him was the door to the stairwell which would take them to the third floor and their destination. Signing to them, the man counted to three and barged into the stairwell with his pistol readied. He flashed a sign, clear. Following them up the stairwell, Ava took third position and Franz the rear. Reaching the third floor, they used the same protocol to exit the stairwell. Clear. Before them was a long hallway with a T-shaped junction at its end and a gothic door set in its middle. Moonlight and the aurora's glow filtered into the passageway from the many windows, setting an ethereal mood. The dead drop is ahead, the hooded one turned with a whisper. You and the Ascendant get in, put the papers in the clock, and we leave the way we came in. Easy enough, Ava said. Can you get that door open, Franz? Gith Franz smirked and pushed a lock of hair from his face. Of course I can. You ready to become a shield of valor, Ava? More than anything... Then let's go. You two should get a look at this, Shifty Eyes growled. It doesn't look good. The spindly man frowned and nervously tapped his finger along the window sill. The cloaked man joined him at the window. Oh, great. What is it? Ava asked. Peering through the window, she was able to look down into the building's courtyard, where nearly everything was as it should be. Manicured bushes lined the ancient walls, a field of virulent grass carpeted the lawn, and an opulent fountain burbled merrily, the perfect scene marred only by the body. Hanging from the gallows was a woman's corpse. Green shadows enveloped her features, and little could be discerned of her identity. Melted through the clothing into the flesh of her skin was a small shield. Lawrence, Franz whispered, one of our own. Not just one, I am guessing, the cloaked man said. Look at the blue skirt. It's the same one the assistants here wear. I'll bet she was our contact. We need to scrap it then, Shifty Eyes said. The mission is compromised. 
and for all we know, there's a trap waiting for us through that door. The cloaked man looked between the woman below, the door, Ava, and back to the woman again, torn on what to do. Finally, he nodded in agreement with his fellow shield. What? Ava hissed. Are you joking? We can't just leave. These papers will give the resistance something we've never had before, a liege guard. Think what we could do if they were to get close to the Lord Prime or even the Lord Ascendant. The things we could learn, the things... Ava's eyes widened at the possibilities, at the power they could hold if only they were bold enough. We could assassinate the false lords as easily as a sleeping babe. The group shifted uneasily, standing on the precipice of two choices. Of the four, only Dirk Ava was certain of her choice. Ava, Franz said at last. They're right. It's not worth us having our cover blown. Imagine if we are captured and our plans found out. What then? There would be no chance of us getting our men that promotion at all. That's why we won't get captured, Git Franz, Ava said, unholstering her pistol and clicking the hammer back. You're an ascendant, and the three of us can back you up if there's any trouble. We need this. Liege guards have direct access to the lords. Think about the intel we'd lose if we didn't try. Will you get your wench under control? Shifty Eyes said. We need to evacuate now and report this to the commander. Ava scowled at the man. Git Franz, Ava said commanding the Ascendant's attention with a glare. Think of your family's business. This mission could be the ultimate thing that ends this nightmare. Franz bit his lip and searched Ava's eyes, reflecting on her words. Even if we still made the drop, the hooded man whispered, our contact is still likely dead down there. You want to make this drop still? And then what? Wait for the locksmith to come make his annual tune-ups and find these papers hidden amongst the cogs? Come now, even a recruit isn't this dull-witted. Actually, Ava said, I had thought about that, and it's why we're going to deliver them to the liege captain's desk ourselves. What? Shifty eyes choked. You have to be kidding me. We have no information on Trent Graxton. For all we know, he's in his office right now. We are leaving. Tell her, Gith Franz. Ava raised an eyebrow at Franz and crossed her arms. Ava? Franz said slowly. I am with you. The others groaned, cursing their stupidity. Now give me a chance, Franz said, raising his hands. We have a map. We know Trent Graxton asked for all relevant documents pertaining to those being considered for promotion, and we know what this could mean for the shields. I think we have to try, with a reasonable degree of caution. I say we all continue, and if it seems it could be a trap, then we evacuate. What do you two say? The cloaked man and shifty eyes shared an uneasy glance and groaned. Almighty help us, shifty eyes murmured. If you weren't an ascendant, I'd shoot you myself for putting us in this position. Any hint that things could turn topsy-turvy and we're out of here, agreed? Agreed. Then Trent's office is one more floor up. This way. Following the cloaked man, they returned to the stairwell and ascended to the fourth floor. It was barred by a plain, heavy door of white pine, a metallic four affixed to its center. The lock proved to be inconsequential as Franz touched the handle to cloth and pulled it open. He left the material within the wood so that upon reversion, it would appear as if nothing had happened. Hurrying along, 
Ava noted this part of the headquarters was richer in appearance than the lower three levels and contained furnishings her mother would have attributed to the old noble houses. They passed far fewer rooms and more banquet spaces, and despite their clear lack of use, they still looked ready for the galas of old. There it is, the cloaked man breathed, pointing ahead to a large double set of doors. Each side was flanked with sets of armor crafted from yellowing wads of paper. The gauntlets were closed around wooden spears. Ava walked up to them as the others secured the area, her breath stolen as she marveled at the relics. Liege guards hardly needed to wear such archaic things anymore, not since the traitor's last days. But there was something still fantastic about these, and dangerous. Hard to believe that once there were so many ascendants that soldiers actually had to fight in these, Franz whispered beside her. Looks very uncomfortable, Ava noted. Thankfully, Trent Craxton probably doesn't even know how to put these on. Well, we can hope at least, Franz said. You ready? Would I be here if I wasn't? Good point. Looking back at the others, Franz signaled their intent to move forward with the plan. Shifty Eyes did the same from his hiding place. Both he and his partner hidden in the shadows, assuming the best kill spots they could manage. Franz turned back to Ava with a nod. Let's go. Creeping to the door, he motioned for Ava to get ready. Touching the handle, he pulled the sash of cloth from the door as Ava peeked in through the hole. Clear, she signaled. Pushing the door open, she slipped in with her gun at the ready, Franz right behind her. It was an ornate room with a view overlooking Hasball and its harbors. Moonlight lit the interior, revealing a stately desk, neatly filled with the prior day's work. Paneled walls lined the room, oaken shelves wrapped it, paintings added luster, and a bust of the Lord Prime atop an alabaster plinth, creating a sharp veneer of order. Like all depictions of the leader, the face was smooth, with faded grooves to represent the all-knowing eyes. To the right was a large fireplace gated with a sheet of decorative metal and a small clock upon its mantel. Fifteen past midnight. It took some searching to find where Trent Graxton had collected the recommendations for promotion, and more than once the two jumped at the groans of the settling building. But soon enough they discovered what they had come for. There, Ava said, pointing at a box built into the side of the desk. Pulling their papers free, Ava folded them into thin strips and pushed them through the box's rubber seal. Good, Franz nodded. Another mission accomplished. Now let's get out of here. Muffled footsteps and voices came from outside the room, followed by the unmistakable sound of a latch beginning to open. Ava's eyes shot to the door, but no one was there. Slave entrance, Franz hissed, thinking the same thing as Ava. But where? Over there, Ava whispered, nodding at the fireplace. We can hide in there. Rushing over to the metal grating, both she and Franz reached for the cover. A tingle of excitement pulsated throughout Ava's body. The grating turned to silk, and they squeezed inside, barely seconds before a hidden door amongst the wall's paneling opened. Dressed in simple tans, an aging man hobbled inside carrying a bucket and broom. It's just a janitor, Ava whispered, as the man set about cleaning the room. At one point, 
he came close to the fireplace and looked as if he was about to open the grating to clean within. But instead he swept closely by, kicking thick swaths of soot into their faces. Franz placed a steadying hand on hers. She hadn't realized she had drawn her pistol. He put a finger to his lips and pointed ahead as the janitor straightened the papers on the desk, and then, with a cheery whistle, gathered his supplies and left the way he had come. That was close, Ava breathed. You ready to get out of here now, Franz? That would be nice, he said. Give me a hand with this, will you? Sure thing. You transmute, I push. Ready? Now. Placing their hands on the grating, they felt the metal change under the touch's urge and give way as they pushed out of the fireplace covered in soot. Tingles itched their way through Ava's body, and she felt her heart skip at the excitement of it all. She could hardly suppress the grin spreading across her face. Clouds of grime sprayed across the hardwood and settled upon the carpet. Whoops, I think we just got that poor janitor reassigned. There are worse things, Franz said curiously, his eyes fixed upon Ava. Franz, are you okay? You look like you've just seen a ghost. No, Franz said softly. It's just been an interesting night, and I'm ready to get back to my bed. That makes two of us, Abba agreed. Come on, the others are probably worried sick. Slipping out of the room, Franz took the doorknob he'd removed earlier, returned it to its rightful place with his touch, and closed the door with a muffled click. What took so long? Shifty eyes hissed as he materialized from the shadows. And why are you two so filthy? Asked the hooded man. Janitor, Ava said flatly. He did a poor job. I'll explain later. Besides, you're asking the wrong questions. The two shields looked at each other and back at Ava. Does that mean you were able to make the drop? You bet, she said. Come on, let's get out of here. Happy birthday! Dirk, Sorsha, and Ava yelled in unison, clapping their hands as Oral cut himself nearly half the cake. Two days had eclipsed since Dirk Ava's proving mission, and she was still high on the reality of it all. Me, a shield, Ava thought, as her father looked at her with all the pride in the world, and then some. Fifty-five does not come around often, Oral beamed as he took a massive bite. Sure doesn't, Ava said. It happens to all of us exactly once. Not me, Sorsha sniffled, cutting herself a slice. Is that so, my dear? And how exactly do you plan on avoiding the passage of time? Oral asked. Exactly the same way I do every year, Sorsha said, by not acknowledging it. Acknowledgements or not, you cannot hide those wrinkles, Sorsha dear. Father, Ava gasped, throwing her napkin at the man. You cannot say that about a lady. Do not fret, Ava, Sorsha said. He'll have no one to keep him warm this evening. Come on, that's gross. Oh, come now. You both aren't going to give your old man the chance to finish his sentence, Oral asked. Sorsha snorted and started to clear the dishware from the farm table, making a point to leave Oral's behind. She did, however, snatch the matches from his grip just as he was about to light his pipe. Ava grimaced, knowing her father was in the gutter, so to speak, but he merely winked. Grabbing a hold of Sorsha's dress, he pulled her back toward him. Kicking the chair away, Oral stood and twirled her about, beginning to dance.
As I was saying before our spitfire interrupted, Oral said, glaring at Ava, you cannot hide the wrinkles, or the graying hairs, nor the sa- Oral, Sorsha warned. The sagacious spirit you have so carefully cultivated. If you age, then it is like fine wine, and I like a caveman. You are a most perfect beauty, and you are probably the only reason I am allowed in decent company these days. Dirk Oral, you crazy man, Sorsha said, breaking free with a smile. Wait here. Ava, can you grab your father's present, please? Of course, mother, Ava said, skipping up the steps to her parents' bedroom. Inside, she quickly spied the brown wrappings of paper, tied shut with a string bow. It had taken her mother two days to get the silk embellishing just right for her father's new jacket. Ava was not much of one for fashion. Well, except for how Franz dressed. But she thought Oral would look handsome in the new piece. Retrieving the parcel, she almost knocked over the ivory pistol set beside the gift. Pushing it back in place, she traced the weapon with her fingertips, imagining the hands which once held it. It was said her ancestor had lost the weapon, but on the day of victory, it had been returned once more to its rightful owner. Beautifully crafted and storied in family legend, it deserved better than gathering dust on some mantle. It deserved to serve the resistance. But it was her mother's most prized possession, so there it would stay. Downstairs, Sorsha shrieked shrilly and happily as her father gave chase. Better get this back down there before they get carried away, Ava thought, rolling her eyes. Here you are, father, Ava said, throwing the parcel between the two. If you two don't mind, I'd prefer not to be around for this evening's bear wrestling match. Who's she calling a bear? Oral said with a crooked grin. You, dear, I am a lady. But you are the only one with white in your hair. Dirk Oral, Sorsha growled, pulling away from her husband. Go on, open it before I decide to return it for more flour. You think the hands would swap my present for a gift? Oral said, ripping the parcel apart, only to beam as he pulled the jacket out. Oh, they would indeed. Sorsha returned to collecting the dishes with Ava's help. I modeled it after the jacket your friend has. I know you love his. Yes, Oral said, obviously impressed. What do you think? Amazing, Ava said, happy to see her parents enjoying themselves. The recent tensions involving the shields had placed a lot of excess strain on the two, but something to celebrate always made things better. She loved it when Sorsha ceased her worrying, even if just for a night. At the end of the day, this was what she wanted to be, a mother and a wife. Ava laughed as her father saluted Sorsha's work and began to march around the living room, as if a soldier from once upon a time. He broke into song, and they all joined in as a final hurrah to a most wonderful night, nearly missing thirteen bellowing chimes from the city's clock tower. Let's ignore it, Sorsha said, nuzzling her head into Oral's chest. Nothing good ever comes from it. You know I can't, Oral said, pulling himself free. Ava was already pulling her field jacket on and following after her father to the apartment's door. Then at least tell Ava to stay behind, Sorsha begged. Mother, I need to see it too, Ava said.
A thick cloud of smoke puffed from Oral's pipe as he furrowed his brow, creating dozens of old paths in his skin, tread over a dozen years with age and worry. She has a right, dear. We all have a right to see what the prime tyrant does to us. I will protect her, I promise. Sorsha slammed her fist into the table, only for the fight to leave her as she hung her head. Go then. Don't bother sharing my bed tonight, Dirk Oral. Oral nodded and led Ava out of the apartment, gently shutting the door behind him. I am sorry, father, Ava said. Nonsense. This is your right. Perhaps more than my own. After all, you are to be married soon. Not because of love, but because our prime decides it. The great clock of Hasbal began to ring again. One bellow. Others could be seen leaving their homes, despite the wintertide bluster. Two bellows. The street lamps were alight, when usually they were left dark. Three bellows. Black coats and ministers alike filled the streets. Four bellows. Oral and Ava followed the crowd. Five bellows. Heard it's another one of those terrorists, someone whispered. Six bellows. Ava glanced at her father. He seemed unworried despite the appearance of liege guards on every Strauss. Seven bellows. A drum line beat loudly. Rat-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta. The song of the gallows. Eight bellows. Ava was an observant young woman, and she noticed the surprise on people's faces as they approached the square. Nine bellows. The air tremored with the clock tower's beat, the technological marvel lording over as witness to the events to come. Ten bellows. Gasps rippled through the crowd, and hands pointed to the balcony of a nearby minister building. Eleven bellows. The drumline's beat rose to a crescendo as the Lord Prime walked to the railing, the leader's face veiled by shadows. Twelve bellows. The prisoner was led from a carriage by a team of liege guards and marched to the gallows. Thirteen bellows. There was a clatter as Oral's pipe fell to the ground, a gasp escaping him. Dressed in a tattered, but an otherwise uncannily similar jacket threaded with red, was his friend, young Krebs. Father, Ava whispered, is that? Yes, Oral breathed. We need to do something, Ava urged. But her father grabbed her forearm and held her in place. No, there's nothing we can do. But father, there have to be others. Ava, he snapped. I said no. It is our right, no, our duty to witness and remember. A magistrate came to the fore, reading off counts of heresy, terrorism, assault, and plans to conspire, all true charges. The noose was slipped around Krebs's neck, and he was given no chance to say final words. In the old days, Oral whispered, a person was given that at least a chance to make final amends. But now it's too dangerous for the Lord Prime to let even a stray thought go. Watch close, Ava. This is the price of what we do. The platform dropped. And for much longer than Ava hoped, 
They watched Krebs struggle, kicking and swaying. He turned purple, foaming at the mouth until his eyes rolled back, spittle gracelessly coating his lips. The last thing left moving was his jacket, ruffling stubbornly in the frigid wind. Abba looked over at her father, but he was no longer looking at his friend. Instead, he watched as the prime turned back into the building, hands clasped behind his back. Ava had never seen such a look on Oral's face before, but nevertheless, it was a feeling she knew intimately herself. A frown curled across his lips as his eyes turned dark and stormy, and his knuckles cracked. Oral was like retribution incarnate. Grabbing him by the sleeve, Ava quickly pulled him away. If that spectacle was meant to dissuade her from resisting the Lord Prime, then they were all fools. She would help avenge her father's best friend, and one day it would be the Lord Prime swaying at the end of that rope.